Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Insights Outlook podcast. I'm Gina Daniel Lee, Vice President Strategic Alliances and the host of today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Sean Ginevan, Head of Global Strategy and Digital Partnerships at Google. Stratix has been an Android for Enterprise recommended partner from the very start of the program in 2019. Sean and I had the opportunity to speak at length later that year, and Stratix and Google jointly published a paper around the role enterprise mobility plays in digital transformation. And in our discussions with him, it was really apparent how knowledgeable Steve was around this topic of how enterprises can identify new business models and and revenue streams by creating personalized digital experiences. It is an understatement to say that a lot has changed since the summer of 2019. So we thought it would be really interesting to catch back up with Sean and revisit some of these topics, especially around how Android for Enterprise has evolved and where it's headed. Sean, welcome to the show. Great to speak with you again, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So why don't we start off um, by having you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your role at Google. Yeah, absolutely. So I sit within the Android Enterprise team here at Google. Um, Our role broadly as a team is to focus on the success of the Android platform um, as it is used within enterprise businesses or enterprise market segments. And my role uh, as head of global strategy and, and digital initiatives is really to focus on um, it, those partners who are building digital solutions upon the Android platform and ensure that it, you know we can act as that voice of the developer, uh, ensure that they're being successful uh, when they're building you know, innovative enterprise uh, solutions on top of Android. Great intro. Thanks for that. So the last time we talked, I really liked how you defined digital transformation. And if I remember correctly, it was around how to use technology, people and process to essentially change how businesses perform. Has your description, which was a great one, by the way, changed in any way since that time, especially coming out of a pandemic? Well, I'm glad you appreciated the description. Thank you for that. I think the description has remained largely the same. What may have changed slightly is what the outcomes are or the goals of the goals of that transformation. We're seeing a variety of organizations embrace technology now to do one of two things. One, which had been the goal of digital transformation pre-pandemic is to pursue new market opportunities or to grow market share within an organization's existing business. But the second, and I think this is where many companies have been the last 12 months, is to really utilize digital tools to protect the existing business and frankly, just stay afloat during the pandemic. So yeah, I think the topic sentence is largely correct, um, but even if the focus may be just a little more different uh, in terms of trying to keep a business alive rather than innovating it. So you mentioned businesses embracing digital transformation. Would you say that they have accelerated these initiatives? Absolutely. I think there's a common adage going on within industry that says we've taken years worth of DX investments and collapsed them into months. But we're also seeing this in the data. And I I know Stratix did some research with VDC uh, that showed the increased investments by enterprises um, in DX and 
in mobility uh, specifically. When I say DX, I mean digital experiences or digital transformation initiatives. Um, other sources like IDC are showing the same trends. For mobile specifically, investments have generally been flat to up the last 12 months and are expected to be so the next 12 months. Now, what's interesting is that if you look at organizations who were investing in DX pre-pandemic, those organizations have been more likely to succeed than those organizations that didn't have a strong DX focus. Interesting. You know, we talk a lot about this concept of mobile only. Um, what changes have you seen in the enterprise? Customers prioritizing, investing, or you know, a different approach to their mobile initiatives. And, and are there any changes specific to key verticals? So I, I definitely think you're seeing this happen on a vertical by vertical basis. And maybe the meta trend to think about is that mobile is becoming really a foundational layer um, to DX initiatives, um, especially those that have been specific to COVID. Uh, retail is a vertical that has had to really rapidly adopt mobile tools if those organizations weren't there already. So if you were doing stock counting on paper and pen, you know, a lot of folks were pushing out um, handhelds and tablets um, to digitize those, those workflows, but also enable new services like buy online, pick up in store, or curbside delivery, or contactless purchasing. Um, if you sort of look at those experiences, you have to ensure that the right mobile tools are available to those store associates to even make those customer experiences work. And in, you know, maybe a year in, it feels like things like curbside delivery are table stakes, but a lot of retail organizations had never done that before. And so they were really pushing um, a lot of uh, these tools, frankly, these new tools into their organization. We've talked in the past around the empowered store associate. So the idea that an associate who has the right information uh, and the right tools at the right time can deliver a more customized, knowledgeable experience to the customer in the store. So I think what's interesting here is, is that you've now got these mobile devices and these, these applications that have been pressed into service quickly, but now that we have that underlying infrastructure, retailers can start to deliver on, on really a more transformational experience, uh, experience for their customers, especially as more jurisdictions are starting to reopen. Um, we're starting to see investments in healthcare as well. So not only in areas like telehealth or patient care, uh, but also in just establishing basic communications to patients. So a lot of hospitals simply can't allow friends and family to visit their patients uh, because of concerns around COVID and other infections. And so we're seeing mobile tools be provided, not just around to, to the doctors and nurses, but also to patients themselves so they can interact with their loved ones. I think what's interesting is that prior to COVID, we really saw a gap between what knowledge workers had access to versus the frontline. So those that are kind of in front of, uh, uh, that are more customer facing, if you will. Um, and, and that did persist. Um, in August 2020, uh, IEC found that here in the United States, only 49% of frontline workers had mobile devices compared to 55% of information workers. But what's notable is that in a, a different survey around the same time period, 95% uh, of respondents uh, told IDC that they were 
investing in management and security devices specifically to achieve technology parity. So it's it's going to be interesting when you look at all these different use cases that mobile's been power, uh, powering over the last 12 months, uh, how that how or if that gap closes. Really great insight. Um, you know, I, I like your your response here. And and as I'm sure that you've seen, you know, we're very active from a Stratix perspective in both the retail and healthcare spaces as well. And we're seeing some of the same things. Um, I'm curious, are, are there ways in which the pandemic and resulting disruption has impacted Google, especially as it relates to how you prioritize and make decisions around the Android platform? Well, personally, I, I haven't been in the office since I think March. Um, and I think like everyone, we've been adjusting to working remote. Um, the team was all, our team specifically within Android Enterprise was, was already highly distributed uh, on a global basis. So we may have had an easier time than some, but you know, I, I do miss interacting with colleagues in person as I'm sure many do. Uh, from a company perspective, the goal of teams across Google when it came to COVID-19 was to determine how we could be helpful during a difficult time. We really wanted to help, for instance, individuals get access to authoritative information about things like COVID-19 symptoms, help businesses more easily surface how their hours or their services like curbside pickup had evolved. Uh, Organizations, you know, teams across Google really leaned into making product changes to provide that kind of help, whether it was search or maps or Android. Um, I, I wouldn't say we necessarily made changes to the Android platform itself, but there were uh, initiatives that the Android team picked up um, specifically to respond to COVID-19. Um, for example, we partnered with Apple to launch exposure notifications, um, and that a lot that the exposure notifications um, tooling allows customers in certain jurisdictions download an app to monitor whether they've been interacted with other users uh, that may have been exposed to COVID-19, but provide that scanning of person-to-person -person interaction in a privacy-preserving way. Um, and that allows an individual and allows them to be more likely to know whether they should get tested or whether they need to quarantine. And what's, what's really, I think, valuable is that we're seeing the impact of that work. Um, Oxford University used two separate approaches to analyze the impact of more than one and a half million notifications um, that were sent by the United Kingdom's exposure notifications app between October and December of last year. And what they found was that between 200 and 900,000 COVID-19 infections were averted during the winter surge in the United Kingdom. Wow. Um, so if you haven't downloaded uh, the exposure notifications uh, app to your phone um, and you're an Android user or an Apple user, definitely go ahead, go in and, and look at that um, because I think we are seeing that make a difference. Uh, you know, on the Android Enterprise team specifically, um, we launched the Android Enterprise Community, which allows, uh, we launched one for kind of general IT, but also one for healthcare customers specifically um, to help those organizations better share knowledge and better interact with Google. And right now we're starting to engage multiple partners that are building solutions to help enterprises return to work. So there's lots going on. And while we all might be at home, uh, we're all still working hard to be helpful. You guys are certainly doing a lot, and um, I'll definitely be downloading that app for sure. 
Um, I remember when Google launched the Android for Enterprise recommended program. In fact, um, Stratix was one of the original ecosystem partners. But diving into that a little bit, can you share with our listeners what the Android for Enterprise recommended ecosystem is and why it's so beneficial? Sure. So when you think about Android, um, it's a platform that has, uh, you know, hundreds of different device manufacturers um, within it, uh, hundreds of different places where you can go buy a device uh, or get mobile services, um, and it serves two and a half billion consumers. What enterprises were telling us was that they needed to better understand whether or not a particular product or service uh, that was built upon Android was enterprise ready. Um, you know, a device that is $50 running Android Go um, that you buy in India may be a, a great device if you're a consumer, um, but it may not be the right device if you're trying to power that enterprise workflow that we discussed earlier. And so what we wanted to do was establish an objective set of criteria uh, that products and services needed to meet and really allow our, um, our customers you know, understand who is, is specifically engaging the enterprise market. Um, when you look at this from a, a services company, you know, and, and company partners like Stratix, it's really ensuring that that organization has the technical capabilities and the know-how and frankly, the, the proven track record of success to let an organization adopt Android with confidence, but more importantly, um, allow your organization to go quickly and more quickly realize uh, the time to value of that investment on Android. So Sean, give us a little bit of a view into the future. What, what can, can folks expect as the platform evolves? Like, can you share with us any future capabilities? Well, it's it's all. I don't I don't know if all of your your listeners have uh, NDAs, so I'm gonna be a little coy on this question. But <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> the, the second developer previews out. Uh, we're we're super excited about that. For for um, and so if you're curious to see what's out there, I, I definitely would encourage you to head over to developer.android.com. Um, all Pixel devices from the Pixel Three onward um, can can use the developer preview. Um, and we frankly would love your feedback. I think now is the time to, uh, you know, for those of you that are listening that are developers, uh, to start providing some of that early feedback on changes. Um, for the enterprise team, we've, we have really been leaning into making it easier for end users to manage things like passwords and certificates on their device. Uh, we've also been introducing new tools to help improve privacy on end user devices. Um, you can find some of that info on the Android Enterprise product blog, but there's definitely going to be a lot more that, that we'll be sharing. Um, the first beta, I think, is due to come out in May. Um, and so stay tuned. We'll, uh, we'll definitely have you having lots more to share. Great. Thank you for the, that, those nuggets of insight. And listeners, you heard it here first. Don't forget that. Um, you mentioned earlier, Sean, the research paper that uh, Stratix did in conjunction with uh, VDC. Um, in this study, we saw a real shift in how organizations were prioritizing technology investments before, after, and, and, and during the pandemic. 
What's your take on the trend towards automation to improve productivity and enterprise customers prioritizing or are they prioritizing things like robotics, AI, and and voice-based technologies? So I think when you look at how organizations were investing in technology uh, in the wake of COVID-19, what they were trying to figure out um, to do, what they were trying to figure out at a meta level was how to be safer and more efficient. Um, You mentioned voice as an example. We've definitely seen investments in a variety of technologies to improve contactless transactions. You can imagine being able to input data and request data using your voice falls into that bucket. Um, Being able to not have to necessarily touch my phone or touch a device all the time, um, you know, helps helps go through, you know, provide that 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 uh, contactless interaction. Um, you know, it is definitely something we're seeing experimentation around. Um, we're also seeing a lot of artificial intelligence or AI workloads uh, being driven out to the edge and particularly the mobile device. Um, as an example, we're seeing companies use tools like computer vision to better record data from the physical world. Um, and I really think what's going to be interesting is how organizations use these tools that were pressed into service to fill a particular gap, um, how those will drive core innovation. Because what may have been kind of a bleeding edge tool in the toolbox 18 months ago are now table stakes for many organizations. Mm, That's interesting. Any other technologies that I didn't mention that you think may have a a real strong impact in the coming years? Yeah, so I, I personally think we're on the cusp of seeing a lot of exciting work coming out around 5G. Mm. Um, the idea that a, a mobile operator or a carrier can dedicate um, quality of service and network performance for specific enterprise applications, uh, I think is going to create a huge impact. Uh, one of the issues that I see in a lot of verticals, um, utilities, or even in retail, has been that the quality of connections um, just to provide a particular uh, digital service or connectivity for a digital service has been really poor. Um, And just a couple of years ago, I talked to a retailer who was still using frame relay, you know, T1 lines for their stores. Um, And from a bandwidth perspective, that's anywhere from one to 10% of the bandwidth that you and I get in our homes. So I think the idea of being able to roll out a 100 megabit connection directly to an end user or directly to a facility uh, without having to lay a bunch of new infrastructure to do it uh, will be really, really powerful. I think we're also seeing a lot of interesting use cases developing around augmented reality. Um, Augmented reality has been around for a little bit, but we're seeing partners and customers explore a variety of ways to improve situational awareness for their employees. So imagine allowing them to use their mobile device to better understand the world around them. Um, I saw one demo where uh, the there was a complex piece of machinery, basically, and the vendor had used augmented reality to visually indicate exactly how the, uh, to take the thing apart. So rather than just sort of, if, you, if we've all gone and, and seen the cartoons in an Ikea picture, um, it's, it's a much more interactive cartoon of where does the screw go or what do you need to take out? What tool do you need to be using? Um, things like that. Um, another example is, is helping retail associates identify where 
and what items uh, are supposed to be picked uh, for a buy online, pick up in store workflow. So I think these sorts of tools will really allow employees who aren't necessarily an expert in a particular process, uh, get up to speed and be not just more efficient, but more accurate um, than they were before. But the real challenge here is that a lot of organizations had to move quickly given the amount of disruption that they were seeing in the market you know, as a result of the pandemic. Um, a recent survey I saw from IDC said that uh, time to value, uh, which I mentioned earlier, the how quickly a technology investment can be realized was the most important criteria for buyers. And so maybe in simpler terms, organizations really need to be able to be more nimble and move quickly. And it's really been why we've been excited to have partners like Stratix uh, be involved in, in technologies like Zero Touch. So organizations can roll these technologies out to employees over the air. They don't have to drop ship IT to each site to get things configured and really helps uh, ensure that time to value is realized more quickly. I completely agree with your assessment there on time to value. Um, I also agree with your assessment on 5G. A, a little scary, to, uh, your comments of Frame Relay. I think I, I sold Frame Relay back in the early 90s. <laughs> I'll date myself a little bit there. And uh, the things that are happening with uh, um, with AR are really you know, super exciting and, and really interesting. Okay, so put yourself in the shoes of an enterprise CIO. And what are the most important learnings that you think have come out of the pandemic and the rapid change in customers' needs? Yeah, it, I think the big thing I've seen people learn is empathy. Um, we've all been helping each other out as colleagues have had to deal with child or elder care, um, you know, a spouse or a partner working in a confined space. And my hope is that we carry this empathy forward post-pandemic not just in how we work with each other, but also in how we design systems for the future. Um, I think you know, you know, you and I have both been around IT for a little bit, and we've read terrible case studies where technologies get rolled out without a particular understanding of who the end user is and, and what that you know, end customer or employee needs from that technology. So my, my hope is that if we can carry empathy forward as a core part of the design process, um, everyone will be better off in the end. I agree with that. I, I hope so too. So final question, um, do you have any tips for how IT teams can best handle the, the rapid pace of change and, and digital transformation and mobile only strategies? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of organizations really need to make sure they have the right stakeholders at the table. Um, one trend that, that we see is that the line of business is now carrying more wallet share um, than the IT team does in terms of uh, being able to spend on technology investments. But at that inflection point also, being at that inflection point also means that there's potential for friction. Um, either IT you know, could roll something out that's in conflict to what the line of business needs, the line of business rolls out something without IT's consideration, maybe that poses a security risk. Um, and so if your organization's not already in lockstep with it between IT and the LOB um, and the line of business, now is the time to build those relationships and make sure that both sides of the organization have a strong cadence with one another 
um, and that the right stakeholders are involved for each transformation project. Um, I think, you know, if you can align those stakeholders early, you're going to have a much higher uh, chance for success. Um, if you have to do the work over again, um, because requirements were missed during the design process, we all know how expensive and time-consuming it, it can be uh, to re-engineer things. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. That's great advice. Okay, I kind of lied. I do like about the questions, about being the last question. Um, I will <laughs> end the, um, the podcast episode with a series of rapid-fire questions that have nothing to do about technology if you're game. Sure, why not? All right. So I know you reside in the Bay Area. What is your favorite? What's your favorite thing about living in San Francisco? Uh, farmers markets. So spring and summer here is unreal. Uh, the types of things you could bring home to cook. Um, I think close second is just the natural beauty that's here. It's it's a special place. I, I would agree with that. It is beautiful for sure. Um, what's the most recent book you read? Oh, gosh, so a lot of my uh, time and for re you know reading wise has gone to short form material. I think things are changing so quickly that I've been you know reading uh, analyst reports and and sources like Harvard Business Review, um, you know, and those have really been at the top of the pile. But uh, I did recently read Survival to Thrival by Bob Tinker and Tehi Nam, which is about uh, you know best practices and lessons learned from starting enterprise startups, and and that was a good read. Love it. Okay, so, and finally, the Oscars are coming up. Any favorite shows you're hoping to pull out an award? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I think my my TV watching has been consumed by uh, uh, House Hunters. Um, and uh, so I hope they get an award, even though I know they probably won't. Love it. Very good. Sean, this was a great episode. Thank you so much for joining and for sharing your insights with us. Not a problem. Thanks so much. Listeners, I want to thank you too. Thank you for turning in, tuning in. If you liked what you heard and would like more information or would like to sign up for future episodes, please visit stratixcorp.com DIO to subscribe. We'd also love it if you would rate and leave a review for any podcast that you listen to on our site. Until next time, stay safe out there. Goodbye. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to be among the first to enjoy new episodes. Until next time, keep looking ahead. <laughs>